Well, good morning again. <laughs> I've uh, really been looking forward to this series as we've gotten going, talking about this new adventure and trust. Um, it's interesting, I gave bring the TV up. I was thinking about the last time I was up here. I was just doing my thing and talking and things were going great. And I was like, and then afterwards I found out that there was a short in the TV and I had no idea. Like I was oblivious. And it was so funny because Gabe said it's almost like I was doing it on a purpose because like I would turn and look and it would be on. And I'd turn it away and it would go off. And like like I like to go see like illusionists and stuff like that. That's not a trick that I know how to do. <laughs> so um, let's hope it all works today. Um, kind of a cool trick, though. Um, so anyhow, it's good to be here and good to be able to share with you guys. Uh, if you follow any type of like being able to figure out the routine, the, the schedule as far as who's preaching where and when and all that type of stuff. So usually the first Sunday of the month is, is when Jim will take off. And there's a rotation. So every other month, there'll be live preaching at the campuses. Well, I always feels weird saying live preaching as opposed to, what, like dead preaching? Uh, anyhow, there'll be somebody like at each campus preaching. And then every other month, so it's like the odd months, the even months, somebody, there's a rotation of campus pastors that will preach from Elyria. And so Jim gets like the first Sunday off, which he said, you know, that's kind of the least he's preaching right now throughout his whole career. But it's good to give the campus pastors an opportunity to share and to share the campuses. Well, this is not the first Sunday of the month. Uh, you know, realize that. Time seems to have flown through September for me. But this is not the first Sunday. But Jim, as he looked through this message series and came to the topic for today, he's like, man, this needs to come from the campus. This needs to be specific to the campus. And so I'm excited to have the opportunity to share with you guys. Um, I, I love this thing talking about trust. I'm going to grab this chair real quick. Um, I think Jim pointed out last week something that's really cool, that as we think about trust, like we see trust everywhere, right? Like if you think about it. Now, you, you may think, well, it's just a relational thing. It's just, it's just me, you know, trusting someone not to stab me in the back. Well, that's, there's an element of that, right? And, and that's, that can be difficult at times. If you've ever been stabbed in the back, it hurts. Um, but, but there's ways that we trust. I, I get on an airplane, I trust it's going to stay in the air. Uh, at least until I'm ready to land smoothly, softly, stuff like that. So we put our trust in things. I mean, it's as simple as this, right? Y'all in the back, y'all see what this is? Uh, I grew up Baptist, so I'm, that's my people back there. So uh, it's a chair. You realize how much trust you have to put into a chair? Like it's, I mean, it's it's just solid, right? Like I'm I'm a, I'm a hefty guy. <laughs> I've sat in chairs that have broken before, so like sometimes it takes a little bit extra for me to trust that if I sit here, it's going to hold me. But that's a, that's a degree of trust. If I come up here, I can say I trust the chair. I'm like, man, that looks, that's a sturdy chair. I trust it. Well, how do you know if I trust it? Go ahead, anybody. Sit you sit down. You take a step to show that you actually trust that that chair is going to hold your family. Oh, well... My fat butt. <laughs> I don't want to say you guys are hefty. I'm hefty. But if I sit down, I'm showing that I trust it's going to hold me up. Do y'all see the application there? I can say that I trust God all day. I can say, oh, yeah, he's a great God. I trust him. 
And that sounds great. makes me sound all spiritual. I trust God. It's good stuff. But until I take a step to prove that I trust him, how much trust do I actually have? I mean, it's a valid question, right? So I think, in, in my mind, trust isn't really trust until you put it to the test. It's just, you know, lip service. So, with that in mind, <laughs> today we want to turn to 1 Peter chapter 4. And, and as we do, I, Pastor Jim said, here's the verse I'm, I think would be good for today. I, I want us all to, to preach from this passage. And, and, and I got to look in, and as, as I dug in and I studied, I was like, man, that's good. But I want to go back a few verses because I think, I think if we take a step back, um, I'm not going to like dig in thoroughly throughout this whole several, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten, five <laughs> verses that I'm covering today. But I think it's, it lays a good foundation for, for wh- how we got to where we are and where we're going with this. So if you turn to 1 Peter chapter 4, uh, if you would go ahead and stand with me as we read verses 7 through 11 together, just stand in honor of, of, of God's word. It says, The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. God, we love you. God, we thank you for your word today. God, as I speak, as your ambassador, may your words uh, come through. Holy Spirit, talk to our hearts, speak to us, encourage us, uh, challenge us. God, this is your time to speak to us. Amen. You may be seated. So as we look at that, I wanted to go back to verse 7 because... Like, if I'm just reading through, my tendency sometimes is to just blaze past things that I'm kind of like, oh, cool, yeah, whatever. But it's pretty important. So I wanted to start in verse 7. The end of all things is near. That was written like 2,000 years ago. But still, I think, obviously, in, in, in God's timing, you know, 2,000 years, it's a drop in the bucket. It, it's, it's nothing. But it also made me think about the fact that we just finished going through the whole book of 1 Thessalonians. And one of the themes that we looked at in 1 Thessalonians is, look, the end is coming. Like, God's coming back. Like, the end is near. And so in light of us looking forward to Christ's return, this is how we should live. This is how we should interact. Like, this is how we should love each other. And here Peter is saying the exact same thing. Hey, the end's coming. Like, the end is near. And so in light of that... How do we live? We live expectantly. We live looking forward to Christ's return. But we don't just like sit on our tail and do nothing. We don't just like, you know, you know peace out, whatever. I'm going to go like look at the sky and stare at my belly button, you know, whatever. Like we live looking forward to Christ's return. But we don't just sit there. Like we do stuff. We live expectantly, anticipating Christ's return. With that in mind, he goes on. Christ is coming. So how do we live? He says, be alert and of sober mind so that you may pray. 
As you look forward to Christ's return, pray. Give your life to him. But don't just like, it's, the point is not just to pray. I love that he says, be alert and of sober mind. He said, he's, he's saying like, know your surroundings. Look around. Think about what's going on. Y'all, if we look at our culture, we see things that, that are not God-pleasing, right? I, I, think, I think we can all agree with that. Whatever side of any issue that you take, there's things that clearly don't please God. We need to have a, a, a very alert, an awareness of what's going on around us, in our families, in our uh, you know, politics, in their schools, wherever. Know what's going on, have a sober mind, and take it to God. So he wants us to live expectantly, but he wants us to pray intelligently. I, I think sometimes get this idea that, that Christians are just like, you know, that blind faith jump off and God's going to get... And, and, and yes, we do trust God and, and, and trust Him with all that we have and all we are. But we're also very intelligent people. We, we know what's going on. We look at, at our surroundings and we go to God and say, you're in control. I'm trusting you. Uh, that's, that's part of prayer is putting our trust in our Creator, in our Sustainer, in our Savior. We're trusting Him through our prayer. So go, moving forward, I don't, want to, I don't want to camp out on the first part. I just want to move forward. Verse 8, above all, love each other deeply. I'm guessing you could probably figure out what the next blank is, right? Um, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. I feel like every time I'm given an opportunity to speak, I, I want to talk about this to some degree because I think we are horrible at this. Like, we don't love each other. We, we, we sometimes, we love certain people well. We love the people we like. But man, disagree with me? I'll show you how much I don't love you. <laughs> um, we, we're not the best at, at loving each other. And yet when, when they, they came to Jesus and they're like trying to trip him up, and they're like, Jesus, we've got all these commandments. What's, what's the biggest one? And Jesus being man, just what a cool cat, man. He, he knew all the answers. And he's like, well, the first one is love the Lord your God with, with all you are. Your heart, soul, mind, strength. Love God. Well, if we could get that right, we'd be doing great. But then Jesus goes to the next step and he says, the second is like it. Love your neighbor like you love yourself. Oh, that, that's, wait, like, wait a minute. You don't know my neighbor. <laughs> He's never giving me that tool back. Uh, you know, it's, there, there's things that, like if we're honest, like sometimes loving people is hard because we don't even like people. People are hard to love. Family's hard to love sometimes. <laughs> I love, love, love you. I know my kids are watching. <laughs> love you guys. But it's hard sometimes, right? But I feel like if, if we can get that, it'd be world-changing. We wouldn't have to worry about all the other stuff. I think Jesus' answer is amazing. Love God, number one. Love people, secondary. Well, everything else kind of falls in line under that, right? Well, as we move forward today, I, I think that our love for each other is foundational because we're going to talk about serving today. And as we think about serving, our service comes out of, number one, a love for God, and number two, a love for our brothers and sisters in Christ, or our love for those who aren't followers of Christ. Like we serve out of the love for the people who's a hellion <laughs> during the week, the people who are living it up, and have Christ not even on the radar. We love them, and we serve for them as well. I'm getting ahead of myself. 
But what we do is based on our love for God and our love for other people. So how do we love others? Well, we offer hospitality (laughs) without grumbling. I won't spend time there, but I mean, I've been there. Here's where we want to focus today. From here, here forward, verse 10, each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. We're asked to serve faithfully. As we love each other, how do we display our love? We love each other by serving each other. My marriage sticks together because I realize I'm not the most important person in that marriage. I I think I am sometimes. I need a little reminder that I'm not. But healthy marriages stay together because you put the other person's needs ahead of your own. Good friendships stay together because you put the other person's needs ahead of your own. So we serve each other because we love each other. We've been given this opportunity to serve. That's how we show our love for each other. As good stewards. We'll talk more about that in just a minute as well. But what is a steward? It's someone who's been entrusted with something. Somebody who's been given something. And to take care of that thing. Well, what is that thing? Glad you asked. Because we are gifted to serve. God has entrusted us a gift. He's given us something that we can use to serve him. Now, I know, I, I, I hear you. <laughs> I, I, I don't have a gift. I'm not all that. I don't do, like, yeah. But the, the truth is that we have each been given a special gift we can use to serve God. Verse 10 again. Each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others. I love that it says each of you. It's like, those, it's not, like, if you have a gift, you should use it. No, it says each of you. So every one of us has a gift that we've been given by God. Uh, the word here, it's, it's, it's really a cool word, charisma. It's, it's, it sounds like just the, the, the word charisma. It's a gift. It's a spiritual gift. Um, it's actually, as it's used throughout the New Testament, you see it referring to a special gift that God gives to believers. It's, it's, it's something that he gives you at the point of, of you following Christ, the Holy Spirit. It's, it's, it's the word where we also later in the passage get the word grace. It's, it's a grace gift that he gives to believers when we start following him so that we can serve others, so that we can minister to others. And so it's this gift that we've received. Each of us has received. If you have uh, any interest in finding out more about spiritual gifts, let me encourage you to turn to 1 Corinthians sometimes and read chapters 12 through 14. Paul talks a lot about spiritual gifts, how they're used in the church, different types of spiritual gifts. Uh, I, I don't want to dig into three chapters of 1 Corinthians when we're talking about something completely different, but really cool read about spiritual gifts. You know what's interesting about that? 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, what's right in the middle of that? 1 Corinthians 13. Y'all, y'all, y'all recognize that passage? That's, that's the love chapter, right? Which is, I mean, it is. It's great. But did you realize that 1 Corinthians 13 was about spiritual gifts? And that's why Paul wrote it. Like, it's great. It talks about love. But when you look at the big context, it's all in the picture of using the gifts that God has given you to serve other people. 
because they're arguing. Who's got the best gift? My gift's better than yours. Oh, my gift's better than yours. They're arguing back and forth, and Paul says, it doesn't matter. It's all about how we use them to love and serve each other. If I have the gift of tongues, and I don't love my neighbor, who cares? I'm not using it the way God has intended to use it. I could have all kinds of gifts, and if I'm not using it, and I'm not using it correctly, it doesn't matter. Paul says, look, all these gifts, that's great, but in the end, love is what remains. It's how we treat our brothers and sisters in Christ. So 1 Corinthians 12 through 14 definitely suggests that you jump in there and take a look at it. But in chapter 12 specifically, Paul says there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. It is the Holy Spirit that has given us these gifts. It is the Holy Spirit that, that says, look, I want you to do this. I want you to do this. The Holy Spirit gives us, and later in verse 7 it says, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So, the Holy Spirit gives us a gift to use for the common good of the church. We're gifted, we're enabled, we're empowered for the good of the church. We're given something special to help other people. Man, that's, all of a sudden my mind's like, man, that's, that's a huge responsibility. Like, I, I need to do something with that. I love that, that later on in that same chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul goes on and starts talking about the church is, is like a body. Like it's one body, but it's got a lot of different members. Like it's one body, but it's got like two thumbs and other fingers and a nose and ears. And you're like, what the heck are you talking about? Well, he, Paul is, is comparing us, a church, to a body. You may be an ear. You may be a thumb. But if you're a thumb that's like sitting there by itself, do you get the sustenance? Do you get the, the blood flow? Do you get the oxygen? Do you get everything that you need to survive? No. You're going to shrivel up and be a nasty little chunk of meat on the thing. You're a thumb by yourself. But when you're part of the body, you get what you need. You're connected to the encouragement, the support, the blood flow, everything that you need to live. We're very much like that. That's, you know, some people say, well... That don't forsake the assembling together. That's great. We shouldn't. I say, don't forsake your body. Don't forsake the people that give you what you need to live and grow and breathe and to survive. And the part that you play in providing for them. It's a give and take thing. If, if I'm part of a body, I'm getting, but I'm giving. And so that's, I love that Paul, as he's talking about spiritual gifts, we get a lot out of being part of a body being a part of a church. But we give a lot because we're expected to give a lot. That's, that's how it works. That's how it is to be part of a body. Um, as we think about spiritual gifts, you know, a lot of times people are like, well, that's cool, but I, just, I don't really feel like I have like, any talents or anything. Well, do talents necessarily constitute the same as spiritual gifts? Because some people are born, like Gabe Sigmund, like, he gets so embarrassed because I pick on him all the time, but I just know that I can Dude was born with the voice of an angel. Can we all agree on that? I mean, dude, dude has a, a beautiful voice. That's great. Um, I've seen people who can play basketball. Like, like I, I double dribble standing still. So, like, I, I, that's, 
that's really close to the truth. But, but, but I've seen people who have like these really natural talents and abilities that they're born with. Can those be used to serve God? Absolutely. Um, I love that, that like Lorraine has started doing this sports camp and, and using people who have gifted in sports and stuff to, to reach out to the community and to teach and to serve and to, to teach kids about Christ. That's great. Um, is that the same as a spiritual gift? I, I don't think so. Because each, word, each time that word charisma is used in the New Testament, it's really referring to a special gift from the Holy Spirit after conversion. Um, should we use our talents, things that we do? Absolutely. I think that's great. But realize that even if you're not born with or maybe you haven't developed, my daughter, I, I could sit and watch her draw all day. Very talented, just sketching. Um, she's developed that. Can she use it to serve the Lord? Absolutely. Is that necessarily her spiritual gift? Not really, because that's, that's, that's a talent. I don't know. It, it seems to me a little, little confusing. So I wanted to think about what are some of the gifts that we see in Scripture. There's several passages. I won't go into detail with all of them. I'll just give you a big overview. Um, 1 Corinthians 12. For, that's the ones I already read. So sorry. Um, 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 11. You see wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracle working, prophecy, distinguishing spirits, speaking in tongues, interpreting tongues. Uh, Later in that same chapter, you have apostles, prophets, teachers, miracle workers, healing, helps, administration, tongues. Romans 12, prophecy, service, teaching, exhorting, giving, leadership, mercy. It's a lot, right? Ephesians 4, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, a long list. Do I think this is an exhaustive list? Like, I have to make a list of everything that's in the Bible, and and it's definitely, like, I I don't know that that's exactly true, that that it has to be, you know, this specific. I don't know that this is an exhaustive list of each spiritual gift that God uses. I I think it's more a a picture of, of how God gifts us, um, but these are, are very common. Um, most spiritual gift inventories, these are, these are the ones that you're going to see come up. Um, but the question that I would raise is, do you know what your spiritual gift is? I mean, if we're supposed to use this gift to serve the church, it would help to know what my gift is, right? Yeah? So the question is, do we know what it is? Now, I, I don't want to be like the Corinthians and say, well, I know what mine is because it's better than yours. <laughs> That's not the point. The point isn't to know so that we can brag and say, yeah, I got the good one. <laughs> you, got, you got one, but man, I got the good one. No. The point of knowing our spiritual gift is so that we can use it, so that we can serve others, so that we can use the giftedness. You, you, you hear the, I, I know I see Kyle sitting back there. Kyle works for the Guardians big baseball fan, you hear the terms hitting from the sweet spot? There's a, there's a certain place on a baseball bat where it makes contact with the ball, and it's like the stars aligned. He, all the math is there, the geometry. Like, it hits this spot, and it's, it's just like, if you've ever played baseball, you make contact, and it's like, it's the best feeling in the world. Because sometimes you hit it, and it like, it foul tips off the end, and it like hurts your hands, you're like, ah, it hurt. But it hits that sweet spot, and it's like, it's like butter, man. It's just like you swing through and hit it, and the ball just sails for miles. As you serve, we want you to hit from your sweet spot. We want to find your giftedness so that as you serve, it's not a chore. It's not 
you know, painful. It's, it's you doing what God has equipped and empowered you to do. Uh, and so we want you to know what your gift is so that you can use it to serve others. I will share in just a minute one of the ways to help you find out what your gift is. But for now, that's the question I want to leave you with is, do you know what your gift is? It'd be great if you did. <laughs> because each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. I keep coming back to it. We are here to serve others. That's part of being in the body, is to serve others. Uh, we want to do that. And not only that, we're guided to serve. We're gifted to serve. God, is, God has given us a gift that we can use, but he's also said, use it. <laughs> I've given you this gift, now use it. Each of you should use whatever gift you've received. Like, there's some expectancy there. Each of you has a gift, now you should use it. So each of you should use whatever gift you've received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various form. God has guided us. God has, God has made us stewards. God has entrusted this whole trust thing that, that often we see that, that trust is a two-way street. And here's a picture of, of God Almighty, our Creator, big God who has trusted us with a gift. He's given us something to use. The question is, what are we going to do with it? He's made us a steward of this gift. And that gift, we're talking about spiritual gifts. We're talking about serving. You know, real soon during this series, we're going to talk about our money. Y'all okay with that? We're going to talk about, he's entrusted us with finances. He's entrusted, man, as a dad, God has entrusted me with two beautiful children, two intelligent children. What am I going to do with that? Am I going to teach them? Am I going to grow and, and help them to, to grow and to guide them? Like, God entrusts us. He gives us lots of things to use. And so how do I respond? Well, here we see God has given us a gift. And he said, use it. What are we going to do with it? Have you ever thought about all that goes into making church work? As we think about being stewards, and I thought, man, I want us to actually hear from a few people who I would say are trustworthy stewards, even within our church. Um, what does it look like to be a trustworthy steward? We say in the discipleship process, we want to become like Christ. We have this Christ acronym. And at the end, we say we want to be trustworthy stewards of God's resources. This is something that God has given us to use. We want to use it well. So what does it look like to use it well? Man, every Sunday, every week, there's so much that goes into making this work. Right now, like two years ago, there were four full-time staff people here at the Avon Lake campus. Right now, there's two. <laughs> it's me and Gabe. We can't do everything. We're not expected to do everything. We're here to empower you guys to make things happen. I, I, could you imagine if it's just me and Gabe? Like we'd have to, all right, one of us has to cover the entrance because we need greeters. And so maybe I can greet while Gabe's rehearsing the band. I don't know. But then we also have people who are um, greeting inside and helping, like, first-time guests. They walk in the door, like, where do I go? Well, here's the kids' area. Like, I'm thankful for Deb Jameson. She is an all-star right there in that area. But somebody needs to be able to, to say, 
here's the kids' area, if it's your first time guests. Here's where the auditorium is. Here's the bathroom. Man, how important it is to let guests know where the bathroom is. So that, that's important to have those people. Um, there's people who, who run the coffee bar. Man, Cheryl just tears it up, getting here early, setting up. Um, we're grateful for people who serve coffee and treats to make it, uh, who have the gift of hospitality to love people well. Um, I'm so grateful for the people who work in kids' mini, ministry. I can't talk. Uh, I'm grateful for the people who serve with students. There's all that going on. Um, there's a prayer team that meets early on Sunday mornings and prays for you guys, prays for me as I speak, prays for the band as they lead. They pray for the people coming through the door. They pray. We pray. On Tuesday mornings, they show up again. We're praying as a prayer team. Those are important people. Um, during the week, man, there's people who work at Generation House, who help to provide for the house, who help with cleanup, who provide food, who do all that kind of stuff. Um, man, I'm so grateful for the band, the people who have the musical talents and abilities who are using those to serve God, the people who are singing, the people who are back here running tech, who are keeping the volume levels set, who my, my son was running the words this morning, proud dad moment. Um, there's people who are, you know, running the video. There's people who... There's someone who comes in during the week and makes sure that there's pins and the cards in the back of the seats. There's people, I mean, there's so much that goes on. There are care ministries that go on. We do divorce care, grief share. That's all volunteer-led. We have people who visit um, shut-ins and and stuff like that. There's there's so many opportunities to serve. However God has gifted you, whatever he's given that you're passionate about, that you can serve, like, there's tons of opportunities. And if it was just me and Gabe trying to do everything, I mean, let's go ahead and shut the doors because I'm lazy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, because we can only do so much. We can work, and, and we should, and we do. But we're here to equip you guys to do what God's called and equipped you guys to do. He's gifted you. He's guided you. I want to bring a few people up. I'm going to start with Dennis Albrecht, if you'll come, come up for a minute. I want to put some faces in front of you. Grab that microphone over there. Dennis and his wife, Debbie, have taken over uh, helping to lead the guest services team. So I just wanted to come on over here. I wanted to put some, some faces in front of you guys. This is Dennis. Dennis, tell us, tell us what you do. How, where do you serve? Why do you serve? So uh, Debbie and I kind of help to coordinate the guest services team, and that's just Everyone that greets in the morning, people that serve you at the coffee bar, and um, just kind of bring everyone into the service here. So when we first started, um, it was really because I felt guided to do it. I felt God was asking, hey, do something to help out in the church. And I thought, well, talking with people is not natural for me. I tend to be more of an introvert, but I figured, all right, you know, people expect you to talk to them when they're coming in, so that might, that's okay. You know, I'm not kind of stepping out of my comfort zone so much there because they're expecting that. And they, um, if I stumble on words or something, they don't care. They're just happy to say hi in the morning. So cool. it's actually ended up being a gift for me in being able to, to gre- greet people great. in the mornings. How, how do you feel that greeting and being part of guest services contributes to the common good of the church? Well, people feel, feel welcome when they walk in. Um, Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, I make you all feel welcome when you come in. Um, but I just feel like that's uh, showing God's love to to everyone that we that we see. Good, good. Thank you. 
if, if you are interested in, in helping to be a greeter, to work with um, the coffee bar, like there's so many opportunities. I wanted to put Dennis in front of you because Dennis and Debbie are great. They're, they're leading this ministry. They're the ones that you'll want to see. If you have questions, they're the ones I'm going to say, go talk to them. Another guy that I want to get up here, the all-star bass player, Bob Palumbo. Uh, we, we, we're grateful for Bob and his bass and keyboard and singing. Like, so, so, Bob, tell us, what all do you do here at, at Open Door? How do you serve? Well, uh, obviously play on the worship team, uh, you know, also busy with men's group and things like that. But um, worship team has been the main, the main thing that I've been involved with, actually, since the campus opened. Yep. How, how does that contribute to the, the common good, the, like the, for the benefit of the church as a whole? How does the band help? I was thinking about that this week, and, um, you know, it's interesting because we have this incredible opportunity as a, as a congregation to be able to come here every Sunday and worship the king of the universe. It's a huge, huge, huge opportunity to interact with, the God, with our God and praise and worship kind of serves as the appetizer, if you will, for the main meal. So it kind of gets your heart ready to receive the word. So it's a big and important job. So I feel really honored to be part of the team that does that. And uh, it, it, I just think it's extremely important. Sometimes I think we kind of you know, we get together, sing a few songs. That's nice. Uh, you know, kumbaya, all that good stuff. But, you know... This, it's interacting with God, praising and worshiping your God is extremely important to your walk. Yes. And so I'm honored to have that help. Thank you. Man, I, I love worshiping corporately. Like I, I, like, I can sit by the lake and just commune with God and have my time. But, man, when we come in as a group, I was thinking earlier, like, I'm sitting over here, man, Lori, I, I love worshiping near Lori Palumbo because... Like, she loves Jesus more than I do, and, and it's contagious, and I love it. Um, I love Gabe taking us to the throne of God. He, he works so hard to put together a set list that's focused on Jesus, and we, we come to the throne of God together, and we worship, and we hear all these voices blend together. It's, oh, worship is so good. If you have the, the talents and the ability to play, that's great. Um, Gabe, I, I, I don't want to pick on Jeff, but, man, you can... You can train a monkey to, 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 I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, we're, we're super, super grateful for Jeff and, and uh, Mark and uh, Jonathan and G- Caleb and Carol. Like, there's so many who run tech, but that's also a need. Like, we, we, I like to have the words up here to sing, because if I'm singing and the words aren't here, I'm like, <laughs> like, it's an important thing, right? And so I'm grateful for these people. Well, like, I love Dennis, I love Bob, but I save the best for last. Uh, Jennifer Tudor, will you come for just a moment? Yeah, we've met. <laughs> Jen, tell us where you serve, and tell us why you serve. I serve in the zero to three room in the kids' ministry. Um, honestly, I started serving in there because of the need, um, you know, you can't just stick babies back there and let them run amok. <laughs> so, um, but I continue to serve in that area because um, I've been able to see over time as I serve there that that is part of being the church. That um, when I serve back there, I see um, I see the impact it has on 
moms and dads who are able to drop their kids off and be confident and comfortable and know that they're cared for and loved and that they can come in here and then focus on what the message is saying and that they can worship God and not be distracted by just their worry over their little one and are they okay. Um, And then just for the little ones, just seeing them come in and maybe being apprehensive at first and then realizing that they are loved and cared for there, um, that, that being part of the body and, and being loved by, by Christ, really, through what we're doing back there in the kids' ministry. Yeah, I think that's good. That, that shows how that contributes to the common good, that, that children's ministry, yes, we want to teach them the, the stories of, of God's word. We want to teach them that God loves them, but we want to teach them that this is a safe place, that they can be comfortable um, we, we've had some that come in kicking and screaming and yelling, and, and, and now they're at home. They're part of the church. They feel very comfortable. And part of that is those people who are showing up week in and week out to take care of the little ones and to help them to know this is a safe environment. You're loved here. You're cared for here. But it also frees up parents to come and to worship without having to worry about their kids. Um, I, I always point out that the kids' ministry is not child care. But there is an element of, of taking care of children so that parents can, can come and, and worship freely. There's so many areas. Like I, I, I'm obviously I'm very partial to next-gen ministries. I, I think that like our, our rock star best teachers need to be working with students and kids. Um, I'm biased. I'm okay with that. I'll admit it. Um, but uh, what we put into those generations um, will bear fruit. And so I'm grateful for everybody who comes and serves and who gives. Those are great examples of people who are using the, the talents, not just the talents and abilities, but the spiritual gifts to being encouragers, to be um, ones who teach and love kids, who lead in worship, who uh, empower and equip people to, to serve. There's so many areas. There's so many needs. And, and it's... I, I, hear my heart. I just, I, I want you to realize that it's not because we have holes to fill. We do. This morning I had to shut a class down because I had somebody scheduled. They got sick. So somebody else is scheduled. Their kid got sick. So when your backups need backups and you don't have any more backups, you have to close the class. I hate that. Next week I'm going to have to close the class because I don't have enough volunteers. Um, there's holes. That's not the reason. Like, I want us to have a ministry to, to kids. I want us to have a ministry. I love when there's a full band up here. Like, I like, I like rocking out, you know. I love the drums and the guitar. Like, I want the, But if there's not people, we can't. So, so there's, there are positions that we need to fill. But I, get, I think Dennis was so good. Like, he gets so much out of serving. We get so much out of serving. Serving is part of the discipleship process. I heard Andy Stanley one time say, I can can teach you, I can guide you, I can lead you just so far in your discipleship process, but if you're not willing to step out and serve, then you're missing out. Like, I can take you this far, but, but you've got to take that next step on your own. You've got to reach out and, and to, to serve, to, to be entrusted. You know, we're entrusted. As, as I pointed out, there's an expe- expectation. You should use this, this talent. You remember the, the, par- the parable of the talents? I wrote it down just because I knew I'd forget. Matthew 25, if, if, you, if you look. So there's a master who had some servants. He's heading out of town. 
And so he goes to one, he gives him like five bags of coins or talents or whatever. It's, let's say money, five talents. And he goes to the next one and he's like, well, I'll give you three. And he goes to the last guy and I'll give you one. And he goes off and the guy who got five is like, man, I'm going to put this stuff to work. And he invests or whatever he does and he like doubles the money. And the guy with three, he's like, man, I'm going to put this to work. I, I'm, 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 going to, I'm going to use this money wisely. And he doubles it. And the guy that has one, he's like, man, my, my master's shrewd. I, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to, I'm going to hold on to it. And the master came back and he's like, all right, dude, with five, where's my five? He's like, here's your five. And guess what? I got you five more. And he's like, oh, well done. Good job. And the guy with three, he's like, where's, where's my three? He's like, well, here's your three. I got you three more. He's like, yeah, well done. Good job. And the guy with one, he's like, where's my one? He's like, oh, here's your one. I know that you wanted your one, so here's your one. How did he respond to this guy? He called him a wicked, lazy servant. Ouch. He was entrusted. He was given a gift to use. And yet he held on to it and didn't use it. You wicked, lazy servant. I've been in ministry for a long time. I told you guys I'm about to turn 50, and I started in ministry. My first church job was 1992, uh, so that's been a few years. Uh, I was a music major. I was like, I started leading the music ministry at a little country church. That's back there when we, when we would swat flies. You know, you do this all day while you're singing. Okay, maybe. Had to have been there, I guess. But I started leading music. And uh, through that, uh, a friend of mine was leading the, the student ministry at the church, and he's like, it's just me, help! So I started hanging out with the students and fell in love with student ministry. Uh, really realized that's where I wanted to go, what I wanted to do. Did student ministry. I, most of my uh, uh, pastoral life career has been student ministry, about 25 years of, of my life. Uh, after my bout with cancer, I've talked about that before, but I wanted to get plugged in in a different way, started working with kids. My kids were in the kids' ministry, so I've done music. I've done lots of student ministry. I've done kids' ministry. For a while, I was leading life groups. I, I've, like If it's in the church, I've done it. So I found myself recruiting for help, looking for people, and never in any other ministry have I seen the need to constantly recruit people than I have working with kids. <laughs> people get burnt out. People get tired. I get that. All that to say, like, I've had to do lots of recruiting to get people to serve. Sometimes I was trying to fill holes, and, and that's not the reason to get people to serve. I want you guys to serve because of what God has for you. He's given you a gift to use. Like Dennis said, you are blessed if you use your gift. But at the same time, some of the excuses that I've gotten, some of the pushback, some of the responses that I've gotten, I'm not going to repeat some of them because I feel like I might lose my job. That's from church people that I'm not going to quote. God has given you a gift to use. God has empowered you and said, I want you to be blessed, to use you. I don't want to be called a wicked, lazy servant. I don't know about you guys, but that's not my desire. How many times have I tried to talk to people about serving, and they're like, oh yeah, 
well, I've done my time with that. I, I'm doing, you know, I'm just, I'm taking it easy now. Y'all, in the kingdom of God, there is no retirement. Does that mean, like, you have to do kids' ministry for the rest of your life? No. Does that mean you have to lead this life group for the rest of your life? No. Does it mean you should be serving somewhere? Absolutely. God expects you to use your gift to serve him. I did my time. I'm going to take a break. You wicked, lazy servant. There is no retirement in the kingdom of God. Get off your tail. I love you. Get off your butts. <laughs> I've, I've heard people just refuse to serve. Well, I don't want to serve in this area. Great. Where would you like to serve? How would you like to get plugged in? Like, for me, being a part of a team is such a great benefit of serving. Having that community, have that life, it's so good. I, 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 I'm not get, I don't want to step on your toes and discourage you and shame you. That's not why I'm here. But at the same time, there's times that we need to rebuke each other. And there's, pe- like, there's people who need to, need to get off. There's people who are just sitting here. <laughs> Again, last time I, I said it's funny that, that I'm talking about fitness. Let's talk about fitness for a minute. If, if I am just sitting on the couch all day and eating and not exercising, <laughs> what happens? If, if you're just consuming all the time and not working and working out, you get fat. <laughs> on the other hand, if, you, if you're not nourishing yourself and eating well and, and you are working nonstop, you get faint. But if you're eating right and exercising, you're doing both faithfully, doing them both well, then you're fit. So fat, faint, and fit. Let's apply that to the church. If you're coming in and just sitting here and soaking up and eating, you're getting spiritually fat. You need to get up and work, right? At the same time, we have people... Like, I could name people who are serving in three and four different areas. They're serving every Sunday. They're watching kids. They're greeting people. They're serving at Generation House. They're doing everything because somebody else is sitting on their tail, and so they have to do everything. They feel like, it's got to be done. I'm going to do it. I am grateful for the heart of those people who are serving. But they're getting faint because they're giving everything, and we're relying on them to do everything. It's not their responsibility to do everything. It's not my thumb's responsibility to pump blood, to digest food. Like, it's my thumb's responsibility to hold stuff. <laughs> Are you with me? Like, I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm just, you know, stepping on toes, and, and maybe that's, that's needed. But I, I realize that the majority, as I look around, I know where everybody I see is serving. But we've got to all contribute. If we want to be successful, if we want to get what God has for us, we all have to contribute. We all have to pitch in. But the good thing is we're not doing it on our own. Because, verse 11, if, let's, let's say when, anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If, when, anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. Strength is granted to serve. I don't think I'm gifted. You are. 
I don't think I have. You do. Because the Holy Spirit has empowered you. He's equipped you. He's given you everything that you need. He's given you this gift. He's given you the sustenance. He's given you the ability. He's given you everything you need to serve him. So what's keeping you from doing it? Strength is granted. Oops, went too far. Um, Ephesians 3.16, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit. God has all kinds of resources. He says, come to me like my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Well, why is it easy? Why is it light? It's because we're, tagged, we're, we're partnered up with him. He's doing the heavy lifting. He's empowering us. He gives us what we need to serve. So that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. We have a goal as we serve. It's not just to you know, make it through another Sunday. It's not just to, to get a sense of community. It's not just to keep the church running. We're doing it to the glory of God. Do I want to say I'm a wicked and lazy, lazy servant, or do I want to say God be praised through my service? We have a goal. Let's get, let's get moving. Let's get to it. So what's my next step? If you're serving, thank you. I'm grateful. I think God is pleased with you. I think he's working in you. He's working through you to reach others, to love others. Through our service, God's doing some amazing things. If you are interested, I said, I wanted you, I said, you know, what is your spiritual gift? We have resources on the church website to help you to find out more. One thing that you can do, you go to opendoor.tv. You see here where it says resources. Click that little drop down. See where it says discipleship. Click that. We're getting a new, a new website soon, by the way. Just I, I, I've heard that for a while. But I heard it's, it's coming um, to help. But find your servant profile, shape. What is shape? Glad you asked. You can click on here and be taken to a spiritual gifts assessment. Maybe you're like, man, I just I don't know what my spiritual gift is. Well, here's an assessment that you can go, click on, and, and answer some questions. And it will help you to figure out what your giftedness is. How am I going to serve based on my giftedness? Well, we have a, re, a resource to help you with that. There's a heartbeat survey. What, what are you passionate about? What are the things that move you? What are the things that get you pumped up? Like, I have a heartbeat for teenagers. I want them to learn to know Christ. I want to see them grow. It'll help you to see that. You can also learn about your abilities and talents. Now, I said those aren't necessarily spiritual gifts, but it looks at how has God gifted you? How, how, you know, what is it that, that you have that you can use? It looks at your personality. You know, are you... <laughs> Are you a type A person? Are you Myers-Briggs and Enneagram? There's, there's all these different tools to look at who you are as a person, how you can use that. And then it looks at your experiences. You know, are, are you someone who has taught before? Are you someone who's, you know, how can you use that to serve, serve God? I love that, that this is a tool that looks at every aspect of you and says, hey, this, these are some ways that we can use you. That's a helpful tool. At the same time, I personally feel sometimes uh, we, we use that kind of as an excuse. I'm going to go to the website and I'm going to do some research and try to figure and and, 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 and we don't. <laughs> Let's be honest. We go and we say, I'm going to do this and, and 
And it's an excuse not to get in the game. Anybody ever played pickup basketball? Anybody? Go ahead, raise your hand. Anybody. Okay. So you'll know what I'm talking about. Maybe it's gym class, whatever. You have this group of people. I'm going to be a captain. You're going to be a captain. I'll take the tall guy. I'll take, you know, this person. I know this person. You just pick people. You don't necessarily know how they can play. You never, don't necessarily know how well they can play. You just pick a team, and you start playing. And as you play, all of a sudden you're like, man, this kid's got an outside shot that won't quit. We're going to start getting to the ball to that person outside the three-point ring line because they, they can shoot from outside. Maybe this guy, man, he's good at driving the lane. He's going to come in. He's going to be our scorer. This guy's got some fast hands. He's a really good defender. As you play, you start to discover what some people's gifts are. You see where I'm going with this? I personally think sometimes we just need to get in the game. We'll figure out the details. We'll figure out, you know, this is our sweet spot as we play, as we serve. So let me encourage you to get in the game. Maybe you don't have all the answers figured out. Maybe you don't know exactly what you need to do. Well, we have these cards, these ministry fair cards. Um, There's some at this table out here. Um, Let me encourage you. I want to get everybody to do this. I'm not asking you to sign up right now. What I want you to do, everybody get your phone out. Go ahead and get your phone out. Because I want you to try this out, because it's really cool. This is not signing you up for anything. This is just a step. I want you to see how easy it is. Go ahead and text. It's 440-323-4644. That's the number. On here it says serve-e. That is not correct. Put serve-al. That's Avon Lake. And hit enter. You'll send that text. You'll be sent a link that will open up. And what this is, it's an opportunity for you to get more information. It's, it's signing you in to say, hey, I'm going to look through this whole list of things. And there's like little, little boxes for you to check. If you're not interested in working with mothers of preschoolers, don't check that box. But if you're interested in working with um, doing slides for the worship team, oh, that sounds like something cool. I, I, I can learn to do that. Put that. If, if you don't want to, close the browser. You're not signed up for anything. If this is if you want more information, you can sign up and somebody will follow up with you and say, hey, here's a contact person. Here's what this position is about. This is just an opportunity for you to get more information. This is not signing you up. So don't feel like, uh, but, th- but this is a good next step for you today to say, I want more information about this. We're not going to do a closing song today. Gabe is in the back. He's going to go right outside. There's a table out here that has some of these forms. I'm going to head out there. Uh, Deb Jamison is, is hanging out. Um, we have some people from, from our boards here. I would love for you guys to hang out. If you have questions about any area of service, anything that might interest you, we want to answer your questions. So we want to give you a few minutes to come to us. Now, if you have kids and kids are here, go get them. But if you have questions, we want to give you a minute to talk to us. Let me encourage you to take the next step. If you're not serving, you're missing out on God's blessing for you. You're missing out on a step of discipleship. You're missing out on a family. You're missing out. I don't want you to miss out. And I don't want us to be called lazy, wicked, lazy servants, right? 
We're better than that. So let's take that next step. God, thank you so much for the ways that you bless us, the ways that you care for us, God, the ways that you uh, provide for us. Lord, you've given us salvation. You've given us a hope, a future. You've given us a present. God, your kingdom is here and now. There's so many ways that you keep giving, and yet we keep taking. God, you've entrusted us with gifts. You've given us this gift, and you said, go use it. God, I want to use it. I want to serve you. I want to please you. And it's not trying to earn anything. It's not trying to make you happy because I've got to try to please God because he's unhappy. That's not it. God, I want to serve you because you've blessed me so well. God, I'm so proud of, I'm so happy for, I'm so uh, just encouraged by the people who are serving and serving faithfully and serving well. Thank you. But God, we want that same thing for people who aren't. God, they just, maybe they don't know the opportunities. Maybe they don't know um, how to get to that next step. God, we want to empower them. We want to help them to take that next step. So God, I just pray that for each person right now that we'll say, what is our next step? How can I take it? Uh, God, thank you for your love. Thank you for, 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 for blessing us. Thank you for letting us be involved in what you're doing. Help us to take those next steps. God, we love you. Amen.